welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about what's happening in these books with everyone, except for Jason Solo. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week, we're going to recap chapters 9 through 12 of Legacy of the Force, book 4, Exile. But first, bum bum bum, previously on Forever Canon, Jag fell, doing the Skywalkers a tell. Wedge is saved by the Alston Faves. Han and Leia still loving Cantina Blast-Em-Ups. And Ben's secret mission in Uncharted Space. But that was last week, y'all. We're talking about this week. And we're starting with Chapter 9. And wouldn't you know it, we pick up right where we left off Chapter yeah. 8 because we do not get a location heading. No, we do not. I've been trying to, like, kind of, you know, not trying to, but it's... It's caught my attention every time that, like, we start a fresh chapter and it doesn't say, blah, 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 in this place, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It catches your eye. There's nothing there. There's nothing there in the chat underneath chapter. Well, as there's, like, 15 of them in every chapter. Well, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's a lot of them to be coming anyways. So, we pick up in the Jedi Temple, where Ben is escaping in the middle of the night. Alarms and sensors are all turned off along his route, thanks to... Siha, he assumes. Siha? How are we going to say her name? Siha Dorvald? Yeah, Siha. Siha. Siha! <laughs> All right, well, I... Cute little Siha. See, you know, you can make any name bad if you do stupid voice over top of it. Anyways. <laughs> All the safety measures or alarms or whatever would be tracking people es- escaping or entering the Jedi Temple all seem to be turned off, and he assumes it's from... Jason's friend who handed him the message. Yeah, the cute girl that who, he likes. Who you can say the name however you want in your own head. So he slides down a laundry chute and strides out to the edge of the Jedi Temple. Man. Pretty amazing. Looking down on the city. He's almost there. He's almost out. He's almost escaped. All he had to do was descend, find transportation to a minor spaceport 400 kilometers away, present the fake documentation that awaited with his new clothes in the locker, and board a rundown excursion transport bound for Almania. Easy. Easy. No, no problem. Easy. He's 13 years old. <laughs> <laughs> when you're a 13-year-old Jedi, bro, you're like, easy. Even though I do think he is saying that sarcastically there, which makes it better. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, he knows. Like, well, <laughs> I'm definitely going to accomplish this. <laughs> but, you know, it's a lot to do. <laughs> yeah. I'm only I'm only just out the window now, you know. Slide down the laundry chute, you know. Anyways, he doesn't escape. It, it, this really reminded me of Ben and Jason's missile escape, missile factory escape, with like the foot surfing down the building. Like they go down the elevator shaft and then they pop out a, a, a side vent and they're like, "There you are, staring down at the immensity of the city, thousands of kilometers below you." you know? Yeah, he does the same thing here at the Jedi Temple. Just, just down that down that laundry chute that he's like. Because he has all, all those stories about what ha- what's in the shoe, yeah. lasers. And well, stuff and that like part that. reminded me of the center point escape. Yeah, where they're like they're on the rail cars, they're on long twisty roller coasters and like chutes and tunnels and I don't know, man. Aaron Alston, <laughs> you're repeating yourself here. Or is it a theme? He's getting himself through a tight space. To get to freedom. I just made that up on the spot. It sounds like nonsense. Doesn't it? <laughs> Pretty sure it is. But I don't yeah. know. Again, it's like just the same the same imagery. Or, I don't know. <laughs> you know, 
is it a is it on purpose a theme or is it just I think maybe it's a maybe common it's escape show. route or is it very Star Wars, you know? Where like you go you Jumping escape through the garbage chute yeah. or like in the prequels you, you escape down the the elevator shaft and all that. Cuz they're Jedi's, right? So they can do like magic stuff like that. Yeah, they can But what is the that... what is this business of like opening a window and stepping out onto the precipice of the edge of a building? What? Well, <laughs> why is why is there a ledge on like Well, if you open a like a window on a skyscraper. I right? guess, but like I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's just how does he always end up on the side of the building staring down the building? Seems weird. But someone seems to be to me is tr- is trying to take Ben back through the steps of his very first exciting mission mission like those first two missions where he gets to go with Jason and do real stuff and they're like sneaking or uh sneaking through uh secret accesses going through tunnels and roller coasters and whatever and is it Lumaya trying to bring this reminiscence back from the first book to Ben, or is it Aaron Alston trying to bring it back to us, the reader? Well, Lumaya wasn't there. Because that there. would be totally right. Ra- yeah, but she, J- Jason probably told her about it. But that would be right up her alley of total manipulation would be like, oh, I'm going to set him up with this um, test, but it's going to be so designed to perfectly mimic the first time that he got to go do an exciting, responsible thing, you know? Yeah. The first yeah. time he gets put in in danger and in charge of himself, really. I don't know. Is it Lumaya? Is it Aaron Alston? You decide. It's fun. As we cut to Kuat system on the love commander. Han and Leia and Lando arrive at the Red Star Destroyer. Errant Venture. We stop and talk about every name that we come across that we think is interesting let's do it for this ship errant venture man what do you think about the name of the ship well because i i have read these chapters right yeah yeah i know what the ship's all about well sure and i like it well i mean it comes up real quick that it's a casino it's a gambling ship. yeah it's a wandering yeah casino but like it's called it's essentially called the bad investment <laughs> yes <laughs> Which, it is I think, yeah i really like that a lot like that's that's pretty all right, man. That's pretty Yeah, cool. I like it. I dig it. Anyways, this whole segment here is like really awkward. It's Han and Leia explaining to Lando, A, first of all, what what the flag hanger is. He, he doesn't know what a flag hanger is. And then secondly, they have to explain whose ship this is. That it's their friend Booster Tarek's ship. Mirax's father, whatever, whatever. Yeah. As if Lando doesn't know this stuff? What? Well, Come on. Dude, he's a businessman with his fingers on top of everything that's covered in money. Yeah. He wouldn't know about <laughs> his friend of a friend who runs a Star Destroyer casino? Yeah. Bullshit. See, see, that he should know. I'm not sure if the flag hanger is something that he's he He's a space necessarily... pirate. You never heard of a flag hanger? Like... He was I never knew, in the military. I knew immediately what it, what it meant. I got it. I'm like, okay, the flag is the lead ship. Well, and the hanger on the the flag hanger must be the most important hanger, you know? Come on. Yeah. It's a fucking quick jump that doesn't need What is it like three <laughs> paragraphs of them just explaining it to Lando? 
Dude, I could. I didn't need that. Well, he. I'm. I'm thinking he wasn't in the military, and not everybody would make the same jump. Like I, I got it, and I was like, okay, it's flagship, got it. But I don't know. It's. Eh. It just seemed a little too freaking ham fisted, man. Like, <laughs> I don't need this exposition. Like, don't tell me Lando doesn't know this. They can just discuss it. Oh, hey, uh, pretty weird that we're getting. Landing clearance for the flag hanger, and then you know they yeah. talk about it, yeah, as if he knows what he's talking about, and he's not <laughs> brain dead. He doesn't know who runs the air adventure. He doesn't know what it is. He's never heard of a flag yeah. hanger. He should really know Get who. Lost. He should really know that it's booster ship. Like he really should. How does he not? His wife is she not like uh, is is Lando's wife not intelligence? A former spy like everybody's wife. Yeah, I think Tendra is. Yeah. I could be wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, like, dude, you didn't know that you didn't, you really didn't know. Anyways, yeah, just spend too much time on that. TLDR, they're special guests here. There you go. Yep. There you go. Lando summed it up for you. Shh, cut to <laughs> Anakin Solo in the exclusion zone. Luke and Mara call Jason because Ben is missing. Yep. Jason says, I know nothing. Expected. Yeah. <laughs> Expected. But he does have a little thing where he's not technically lying. Well, also true. <laughs> but this segment I thought is weird. Because Jason's being real aggressive, like in his own mind. Yeah. Where he, he wants to teach Luke some respect. Yeah. Jeez. I thought it was, I wrote that down. I yeah. made a note of that. And he and he takes joy in deceiving and manipulating them. The like, almighty Luke Skywalker yeah, is the exa- word that they exactly, use. Exactly right. Like he. What went, is this, Jason? He this went is... from being like a like this guy who thinks a lot of himself and can do sure. great things to sure. it's actually written on the page <laughs> that he's like, I am so much better than you, Luke. I don't. I just like what's going on with Jason's character where he seems to be jumping back and forth all the time between sometimes, well, I guess it's part of the transition where sometimes he has his stoic reasonability where he can still take a step back and logically decide right and wrong about emotions. Yeah. But maybe just not with Luke. He's so, he's so, resentful of Luke that immediately he's like, I'm going to shove some respect down this fucking guy. Yeah. Well, like, really? What? Cause since book one, there's between the, the top, two of yeah. them. There's he, so much tension. He has had no time to agree with Luke Skywalker other than when he needs to do it to, for the means to his own ends. You yeah. Know? No. Cause I think it was our first episode of this podcast. We talked about, <laughs> about Jason not telling Luke the whole truth. And, and why would you not? <laughs> Well, because he hates his freaking stinking guts. I don't know. That seems weird. But I don't know. At the same time, is this like one of the cons of having three different authors where he's out? He's acting outright petty and enjoying it. Yeah. And that seems out of place for him, even in this transition. But if you're if you're, you know, your caveat and your excuse is that it's Luke and that's why. Then maybe. Yeah, then it makes a certain a certain kind but, of sense. But it is kind of out of place to the rest of the decisions he makes and conversations he has and way that he acts with everybody else. 
Yeah. You know? Like, the, especially because this is, he wants Luke to respect, not, like, his power and his position. Respect my authority! Yeah. But he had no problem not showing his daughter that power and that I think, assassin. I, I, yeah, I think Luke Skywalker is just, like, under his skin. Yeah, that's a, that's his button. That's And, and okay, Mention so, Luke and he pushes buttons. You know, he's 31 or whatever, 32 Jason is. He's 30-something years old. Your 65, 70-year-old uncle is the hottest shit in town for yeah. all your life, forever. But he seems to get a lot of things wrong. He doesn't seem to listen to you, and then he still gets things wrong that you were right about. And then now you reach a point where you know more than him, you're about as strong as him, and you just have no respect for his opinion anymore. Yeah. So I just totally talked myself into <laughs> into buying this scene. You really did. <laughs> But but because it is know, Luke, that would be the reason I would say that I, it would that work would, out. That'd be the only excusing factor there. Like if he was talking to talking to Han or talking to let's pick a sideways character, or even just Mara by yeah, herself, yeah, he wouldn't talk. He wouldn't be thinking about her like that. No, he wouldn't. Like I need to shove some respect in her mouth. Like gross. Why are you <laughs> being so petty? Yeah, aren't you? Don't you realize you're being a baby here? It's weird, dude. It's it's the transition. It's the transition from him going from I I think going from Jason that we've read in the up and down to just that further progression. Yeah. And to just I am powerful and I want people to know it. <laughs> you might you might be totally right with that too. And I think a big part of that is like something it's something I talk about <laughs> with my kids, which is gonna be sound like it's not gonna tie together, but like a four-year-old doesn't act like a four-year-old all the time. No. Sometimes he acts like he's two or three. And sometimes he acts like he's five or six. Yeah. And so in that transition of growth, you get the full spectrum of the behavior. <laughs> right? Yeah, okay. And so it's kind of the same thing here, which is I was just thinking that before you said that was like, it's kind of the same. He's transitioning from, you know, Jedi yeah. to Sith. And in that transition, it's chaotic and there's a lot more flexibility, yeah. you know, than there would be if you were just walking one path. I like that we talked that we talked that out, figured it out. That's well, good. I, I made myself feel better about it. Yeah. yeah. You feel I hope you feel good about it too now, Tim. Yeah, I do. Because I didn't. I hated that. Okay, anyways. Let us know what you think. Wait. Okay. What do you think? Cut to Kuat system on the Errant venture. Who were Han and Leia and Lando and Wedge and Ayala and Miri and Corn and Mirax going to meet with on the Errant venture? Well, we already spoiled it for you. Mirax's dad, <laughs> Booster Tarek. That's right. Former smuggler turned casino operator. Can you imagine that? The Star Destroyer Errant venture is a casino. As we already spoiled for you you're welcome i hope you've read these chapters i just hope you're not spoiling anything for you readers i like it a lot i think it's a really cool idea for an old ship like what are you gonna do with an old star destroyer that isn't battle worthy anymore yeah paint it red and make it a casino somebody buys it they paint it red yeah and they make it a casino that's a lot of paint that's pretty cool man that's so cool yeah that is a <laughs> shit ton of paint <laughs> Whoa, I never thought about that. But like when they're talking about the X-Wings being painted, that's like, 
manageable. You're talking about like painting an entire town, essentially, like an earth-sized town. Because more than that, what yeah, like earth-sized? What do you mean earth-sized town? No, like a town <laughs> on Earth, like a town in the world we live in. <laughs> Dude, it's, I think star destroyers are bigger than that. Maybe like a like a continent. I don't know. That's a lot of paint. Maybe in between a town and a continent, somewhere in that sweet spot there, yeah. there might be some wiggle room. But yeah, yeah. Back to your point. Every that's a lot of red yeah, paint. That's a lot of red paint. It's a lot of red paint. Maybe they just let it rust. Booster man, paint's not cheap. Yeah, well, that's the kind of casino money. That's you see the way these freaking casinos are decorated. Damn, son, the house doesn't lose. That ain't a joke. What's their plan here on the errant venture? Have Luke. Tell Jason not to let the errant venture park in Karelia. Thus, Jason will allow it at light speed. Yep. And they can gather information from grumpy, drunk military people who are booster can make some money. And, uh, yeah, it's a win-win for everyone. Yeah. They're, they're using Luke's animosity towards his uncle against him. Yeah. Jason's. Yeah. 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 It's yes. Jason. It's a solid plan, but it's like a creepy, weird execution. Yeah. We're like, you're going to manipulate them. That's what the bad guys do. <laughs> that is what the bad guys but do. But at the same time, how are you going to be a bad guy? How are you going to beat a bad guy if you can't be one for a second? Sometimes you got to shoot the prime minister in the face. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a soul. Oh, like really? Cut to Coruscant. Zorp House Apartments. Okay, first of all. Zorp. Exactly. Let's talk about the name. The apartment building where Lamaya has her GAG, what? I don't know. Sweet. Safe house. It's called Safe House. Good one. Yeah. It's called Zorp House Apartments. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Owned by Mr. Zorp, I'm I, assuming. I don't know why, but I really love it. <laughs> they find more evidence. It's a fun word to say. Zorp. <laughs> in the ongoing investigation of Lumaya's GAG apartment. They find a data pad intercepting messages and rerouting them to the basement. But why? It's a mystery until we go downstairs in the next chapter. You know, Which, again, no heading. Again. no. I, I, I normally love the vignettes that this guy does. Aaron Elson, the way he writes his stuff. But this chapter is a fucking mess. <laughs> it is all over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quickly, again, quickly summarize... The five segments, the five vignettes that we get here. First segment, Ben is escaping. That's useful. It's interesting. There's good narrative progress there. We're moving the story. Great. Second segment, five seconds on the love commander to tell us they have a special landing spot. Yep. A page. That's all you needed. Five seconds. This is pointless. This is pointless to be its own segment. Tag it on to the part where they go there and make the plan and meet everybody. That can be the two freaking seconds before they land. They're like, we're landing on the flag hanger. What's the flag hanger? And yeah. then they land and get the hell off and talk to everybody. Yeah. It's its own segment. Okay, fine. Third segment. Quick chat on the Anakin. Jason talking to Luke Amara. Useful. That's useful. But strange. Should we have gotten more from Jason's end? Or... I don't know, better better than a, f- a few sentences at the beginning of the last segment. Is that would it be better would, yeah. it, would it be better tagged on to another part? You know what I mean? Like, I think I like this as its own because it gives 
that insight that we talked 10 minutes about yeah. into Jason's head. Well, but, uh, but uh, it's just, okay. And the fourth segment is another quick chat on the Air Adventure. Again, lots of exposition telling us what's happening in the world, but very little progress in the story. Yeah. And then the fifth segment, there's a bomb in an apartment, leads us to another room. Okay, again, could we not just jump right to the basement? They go upstairs to talk to the manager and he opens up a closet and then he says, go ahead and look up in the ceiling. And there's a thing in there that's transmitting something to the basement. Yeah. If this is a TV show, if this is an episode of law and order and I'm editing it, that is fucking cut right out. <laughs> you go kung kung, and you're walking to the basement with the guy after you're like, Oh, so that we found upstairs in that closet, something, a data pad rerouting down to the basement. And you're already in the basement. Yeah. That's, that's kung kung solving the thing. Not anyways. Well, they kind of make it all part of the same thing. He just puts a chapter division Which makes there. it stupid to me. Like, <laughs> fucking put it in the next chapter. You end the segment. You end with a vignette that you're going to pick up with. on the uh, I, Again, this is just my own personal opinion. Okay? Obviously. Yeah, because and cause the, the, chap, the segment where they're in the basement here is like two pages. You could have just started chapter 10. You could have tacked it end. all onto different scenes. Yeah. All, uh, Three out of five of these, for sure, yeah, could be five sentences on a different scene, yeah, and not standing around talking about what the hell is the air adventure and what the hell is a flag hanger. Oh my god, why? I that part's really bugging you. I'm gonna the say flag this. Hanger in the air. I'm gonna say thing. this right now. I have not said this yet. I don't think. Listeners, correct me if I'm wrong. Podcast at gmail.com. I think this is the first time I'm saying this. I did not like this chapter. Oh, this might be the first Boom. time. Boom. There you go. Boom. The dynamite is dropped. <laughs> no, but for real, like, as I'm reading through it, I'm just going, this needs to be somewhere else. This needs to be its own full piece. Yeah. These aren't action scenes. The vignettes are amazing in action scenes when you're cutting between characters over parts of a different, like a, like a big giant battle or different places in the universe, whatever in action scenes, this is cutting from scene to scene, five sentences, two paragraphs at a time from conversation to conversation. Yeah. There's no reason for that to be cut like a fucking montage. And and now that you're saying that there are, there are spots that I had to stop and go back because I was just kind of glossing over yeah, it. Yeah, because it was not engaging. Like, <laughs> I was like, like, wait, what happened? It yeah. was very, it was very disorienting this time. The vignettes. Yeah, because it's just like, hop, 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 done. Hop, hop, done. Hop. Next conversation. Hop. Telling you a million things that are happening. Hop. Hey, Lando. All the explanation. Hop. Done. Next. Hop. Cut. And hop. Wait. And what? You like? You barely get into a scene before you get cut off at the knees and you're yeah. Well, you know, not to be too Anakin Skywalker about it. <laughs> I just, it felt, it felt clunky to me, man. It felt really jumbly. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Kind of forced. So that's it. I said it. Chapter nine. I didn't like it. The first chapter out of about a hundred that we've read. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's a good success rate. That, that is pretty good. <laughs> I'm an easy audience. Okay. In the 99th percentile for these books. I like it. 
That's why we're doing the podcast about them, because we knew they were going to hold up. Yeah. Chapter 10 starts with Luke and Mara in the basement. Oh, my God. They find another secret. Oh, my God. This apartment has a secret door in the closet and a data card in a delivery slot. (gasps) Mm, Investigation. Yeah, time to investigate. They got the data card needs some serious decryption. And avoiding the trap in the closet, they find Lumaya has many routes in and out of the Coruscant Undercity and Sorp House apartments. She's been here for a while. She's been free roaming around Coruscant for a hell of a lot longer than they thought. And that's got to be scary. Yeah. When you're like, she's trying to kill me and my wife and my kid and my husband. Yeah. You know, whatever perspective you're approaching it from. She's been here doing a lot for a lot longer than we thought. Mara, though, is so badass in this part. Disarming bombs, disarming poisons, dodging traps, picking locks. She's a handy little Jedi master to have around, huh? It's like a Swiss Army master. Yeah, and and to to show how their, I guess their job or their lives are so dangerous that when that big spear comes flying out, yeah, and she dodges it, and he he Luke kind of moves, he's just like look out, trap, right. That's not when he's concerned for his wife. No. When he's fighting Lumaya to the death and she whipped his hand off. That's when you start to worry. <laughs> when a three meter long iron lance shoots out of a closet and just she does a tumbler back sprawl and dodges the thing. That's cool, man. Yeah. yeah. Look out. He probably saw it coming the whole way. Yeah. Because in case you haven't noticed, and I think we pointed it out back at to Toria's station, Luke picks up on things a moment before everybody else. And yeah. it's always written like that. Luke did a thing. And then a moment later, so did somebody else, you know, like he always cocks his head first. He always notices things first. And I, so I think that plays into stuff like that, where he's like, I knew it was there. <laughs> I was not worried. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, he, I knew you'd pick up. Is, is he like constantly using the force? I think they always are to like, I think Spidey sense doesn't turn off. I think that's not, I mean, well, how about this? Like, you're on a, a dangerous investigation, so you probably have switched yeah. on your danger sense mode. <laughs> yeah. Like, you're like, all right, let me put that force power on. Uh, okay, there it goes. Okay, keep that one on. <laughs> why it sounded like a quick dump, but <laughs> that's how I want to use my force powers, man. Yeah. <laughs> use the force to wipe your butt. You never have to wash your hands. Okay. <laughs> That took a weird turn. <laughs> Cut two. <laughs> I, I couldn't think of anything else that makes sense no. of it real quick. Cut to <laughs> Jedi Temple, Alemarar Task Force. Another quick exposition here. They figure Alemarar is after Leia, <laughs> not Luke. Great job. Great job, you guys. You're freaking killing it. This conversation happens while Jaina watches Zek and Jag have an unspoken man competition over <laughs> yeah. pull-ups. Doing pull-ups. Oh, doing some classic man shit out there. And Jaina wants Jag, but doesn't. Yeah. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this directly from my note here. And now it's been a few days since we've read these chapters. Coming right off of the last chapter, my note after this segment is, fuck all this. <laughs> okay? I don't want 
Jaina's feelings. And maybe that's just me, man. Is that just me? Let me know out there if you're listening. Is that just me? I don't want love stories in my fantasy or science fiction. No, I just I, don't. I just don't want to spend the time on it because I want to talk about the more interesting parts. And if it's going to happen, Jaina, pick a side. Well, like, that's pick the, something that here. is definitely the part of it that's freaking annoying. Like, she, she's, oh, she wants to watch him. She wants to watch them do pull-ups, but... Oh, Look away, cause you're the sword of the Jedi. Yeah. Sometimes the sword's got to be sheathed, baby. Cut to Commodore, the president's residence. That was a hard one to say. Yeah. Lumaya is manipulating the president of Commodore into joining the war on Corellia's side. It's easy for her. Easy peasy. President is fully convinced. Cut to star system MZXYZ my ABCs. Lumaya does something very cool. She uses that immense dark side power of the asteroid to project herself into a mind halfway across the galaxy, using that sleeping person's energy to create a ghost to command them to do something. That's some next level Sith shit. Yeah. Man. Yeah. And how, how much of it is her and how much is she drawing off of this asteroid the sith power here well i don't think she would be able to do it across the galaxy like that if she wasn't on the asteroid i think that's i mean obviously that's why she made that her base right yeah and that's a that's a cool move that's (laughs) super cool but it's that's that's so strong it just seems so powerful yeah to reach into somebody's mind and mind you like she has to look for the person that's sleeping yeah whoop-de-doo somebody fell asleep at their station but across the galaxy, she's just like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, look, oh, okay, there you are. I'm going to go in your brain. I'm going to suck out some of your life energy, the force, make to you make do a some ghost stuff. right in front of you, make you do things for me. Yeah. Damn, like, she is fucking dangerous, she's man. She's so strong. From that asteroid, why would you ever leave that asteroid? Yeah. Come and get me. <laughs> I'll be down in the tunnels. With Nalani slash Nelanie down in the tunnels. Yeah, yeah, I noticed. <laughs> or tunnels, if you will. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Why would Pick you ever leave your house if your house is a... Is a, basically a, a battery. A bulwark. Is that a word? <laughs> it's a word, but... What's, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, like a... Not a stalwart. What's the word for like a big defensive castle? Like a... A fort. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, a fort. You know what? Too much time in the sci-fi and not enough time in the fantasy. Cut to <laughs> Galactic City. Coruscant. Lumaya then uses that same power on our favorite sleepy boy, Admiral Klauskin. Hi, I'm your dead wife. Follow me, please. <laughs> I like how he gives her a little test, at least. Yeah, well, this one actually reminded me of... Stephen King's it that that when Pennywise returns when they're older yeah and he convinces the older Henry Bowers when he's in the mental hospital yes. to break out and fucking kill one of the people yeah that's exactly what I was picturing this whole time is like Klauskin just looking out up at the moon through the window and the moon turns into his wife's <laughs> face not Pennywise but you know, yeah that that's 
that's what that power is. She's Pennywise, dude. She's strong. Yeah, she is. She's like supernatural strong. Especially in that asteroid. Anyways, I just thought that was cool. It's really cool. It's cool to see both sides of her using the power. Yeah. Because compared to her makeup scam, this is all all very successful. I mean, yeah. this all, all of her scams are very successful. This one is just way more impressive. Yeah. The makeup thing was cool. The grapes is cool. Be a, be a pimp. <laughs> just convince people what to do with your words and information. Very cool. But this is sheer power. It's not when you just channel the power of your asteroid out across the galaxy to manipulate people into ruining the whole galaxy. Yeah, <laughs> that's magic. And in her asteroid home, we see the immediate aftermath of Lumaya using this galaxy crossing force ghost projection. She's shaking, twitching. She's nearly passed out. Big power requires big battery. Yeah. And that asteroid battery burning her out, man. It, it kind of reminds me of, <laughs> I know I just keep saying, it reminds me of a different thing that I like. Um, but it, This reminded me of like, of if anybody's out there has read it, the wheel of time fantasy series by Robert Jordan. Yeah. You've been telling me about this where they like, they channel magic through themselves and whatever, whatever. But, you can, oh, I guess it is exactly like this. You channel too much of it and you can burn yourself out. As we've seen with Anakin, now I'm realizing that as I'm saying that. Yeah. But this reminds me of this, uh, reminded me of the same thing where it was such a massive exertion for her that she's like, she's, she needs medical attention. Yeah, she's even wondering if she had held on for too long. Yeah. If she had, die like, would she, a, yeah, would yeah. she have died? Would she have been stuck forever as this force goes? Yeah. And, and, or like, would my, would my plans ever be finished? Would, would everything yeah. be pulled off? And then she fell asleep mid, mid thought. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, because we were wondering earlier when she was doing her little makeup act, why she had like a medical droid hanging out <laughs> nearby. And well, here you go. Yeah. There, there's a reason she had other things to do remember that like it was it's only been a couple of weeks or whatever that she was got all shot up too and it, even if even that i don't time is hard to track in these books because it's especially aaron alston books <laughs> i don't know like the, a thousand days could pass between those vignettes maybe that's why everybody needs to explain everything to everybody <laughs> over and over again i don't know any amount of time could have passed but yeah she's definitely still banged up from, yeah, yeah. from fighting luke and stuff cut to the Drua spaceport. Ben is passing through customs. How many times have we seen this in the books? Heading to his secret mission, puzzling out a way to get his lightsaber through. Some older lady behind him is super rude. <laughs> what a bitch. And he considers using the force to dump her face first on the concrete. <laughs> <laughs> face full of permacrete might scrub the disapproval off her face. No, she was old. And she might really be hurt. On the other hand, it would teach her a lesson. And she could stand to be taught a lesson. Yeah. Clearly, he's been really studying uh, under his cousin, yeah, Jason he's, Solo. He's been listening to Jason quite a bit. Coming from the same school of beat my respect out of you. Just shove this old lady face first in the ground. She was being a total psycho. Yeah. She's being a very ass for the manager. She yells at him for apologizing. Yeah. It's it's definitely the Jason Solo brand of justice, though. Yeah. Whether or not this old lady's being a dick. 
But he's pretty well restra- restrained for a 13-year-old. Yeah. I mean, again, if I were 13 and full of magic powers, in the immortal words of my grandma Sadie, oh, good night. Because... <laughs> It would be fucking over. (laughs) It would be unbelievable the things I'd be doing as a 13-year-old with the Force. It would be very Sith. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Thanks would be... Hey, I'm invisible. Goodbye. I'll do whatever I want. (laughs) Do whatever I want. I will use the Force to wipe my butt (laughs) if I don't want (laughs) to wash my hands. And I'll be invisible and no one can see me. And then I'll have poop on my hands just for fun. I'll shake everybody's hands when I'm invisible with poop on my hands. Okay. Ben (laughs) settles for intimidating this old lady through the force instead of smashing her face off the concrete. I mean, she was going to slap him for apologizing to her. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah, kind of a dick. But he really does enforce and use some pretty dark thoughts for ben anyways yeah and on this lady there's more of that moving forward with ben he seems to have more of those quick reaction darkness yeah yeah don't use the force let the force use you kind of thing (laughs) jason's whole thinking there is no thinking there is only reacting yeah Oh, what a bad doctrine. That, that is a bad choice. Chapter 11. Oh, wait, there is no choice. We are on <laughs> Drua. Ben has made his way to the giant towering office building, which he is supposed to steal the amulet from. He's on his own for this mission and starts feeling the weight of decision making pretty quickly. It's like, well, I'm not really sure what to do. Do I just run in there blind? Nah. I better spy like my mom first. Yeah, I appreciated that, that he's actually, he took someone else's advice and someone else's teachings rather than Jason's. Yeah, that's true, too. I appreciated that. And, you know, here's another problem. I don't have any money. My cards aren't working. Yep. Well, I'll just commandeer some resources like everybody in my family has done at some point in the past to save the galaxy. But I'll do it without hurting anyone. There's that Ben. There's that Ben Skywalker that we know. He doesn't want to smash an old lady's face off the ground. He doesn't want to hurt anybody. No. But sometimes he accidentally does. Yeah, but he's still <laughs> he's still justifying a small wrong for the greater good. Yeah, like, I'm going to steal a couple hundred bucks from this guy so that I can really just have breakfast and lunch and spy on this place. Yeah, get little things that I need. But Yeah. Anyways, he yeah. eventually makes his way into a holodeck rainforest cafe. I don't know if anybody's ever been to a rainforest cafe, but this is exactly what it is. And he repels out of a bathroom window, almost falling 215 stories, smashing into the ground before he makes his way into the correct office. He finds a display case labeled Amulet of Kalara. And there it is. Gone. That's one of my favorite old jokes I, I i ever heard on like a even i think it was even just a commercial for just for laughs there was a french dude telling some jokes and he <laughs> okay. was like he was play the joke was how things get worded differently in english versus french or something like that and he's like i go upstairs to my closet to get my boots and there they were gone <laughs> i fucking 
die every time <laughs> I think about that. He just, I don't know, he had the perfect amount of pause in between. There they were. Gone. It's like, ah, oh, you got me. Your boots were gone. I know. Pretty, pretty fucking tame joke, but yeah. just the timing of it. Great. So, there's the amulet of Kalara. Gone. <laughs> Pre-stolen by somebody named Faskus of Zyost. Zyost? I'm going to go with Zyost. Zyost. Ew. Zyost. Zyost? Ew. Zyost? Ew. Zyost? Zyost. I like Zyost. Okay, okay. uh, Faskus of Zyost. Ben, on his own here, remember, decides to improvise instead of just failing. He says, I can't. I can't just let somebody get away with this amulet. Jason said it was super dangerous and important. So... Do you think he's passing the Sith Apprentice test so far, Tim? He found his own way to the planet. He found his own way into the building. Found his own way to find that the amulet was not there. <laughs> yeah, I think that so far, so he's passing any test, whether it's Sith, Jedi. I think not giving up is the is the is, pass. Yeah, it's the key. So far, that's the pass, I think. He figures, guy from Zyost, stealing an amulet from Zyost, is probably going to... Zyost. Yeah. Homeworld of the ancient Sith. The red-skinned, tentacle-faced original bad boys. Once upon a time, the Sith were not just anything that you wanted. Once upon a time, they, they were... weren't just believers of doing bad things. Once upon <laughs> a time, they were a race from a planet. Yeah. Like the Duros, like the Wookiees, like the insert race. Species, I yeah. should say. Rodians, Twi'leks, all, all of them. Yeah. The Sith were a species. They just happened to, I think, be on a planet that was suffused with dark side energy and made them become evil and force sensitive. Yeah. As you do in the history <laughs> of time. Uh, you know, things like that seem to happen. But now Sith means a different thing. But he knows Zyost is probably going to be bad news. So he leaves the office and. We get a bizarre scene where, like, a group of pirates is tracking Ben. Yeah. Why? Um, maybe they're, like, they're keeping track of his... Because, obviously, Jason, Lumaya, they're not there to watch his mission. They're, yeah. like, hired out. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's a is little it, weird. Is it... It's probably Lumaya. I would think so. Yeah, because Jason I mean, it's her doesn't know where he is. Well, I, I had a weird thought. I was like, what if it was Captain Pisspants? What if she was like, somehow tracked Ben? Because she knew, like, she wanted to get back at Jason Solo through Ben? That's a, that's only if she's back from fixing what, her ship. That one's a fucking reach. And it's obviously probably Lumaya, but it was just weird to stick that in there. At yeah. the end, where it's like, all of a sudden we change perspective and, and, and get the narrative from somebody else and not full at all. Not information doesn't fill in the blanks. But did you notice anything different about chapter 11? I see you, in fact, flipping through your book right now. I will tell you, 17 straight pages of a linear story here. Yeah, there is. Small, small round of applause for Aaron Alston there. Put yeah. together 17 pages. Without changing his scene. Yeah. Amazing. No vignettes. What did you think about that one? 
I well, that's, uh, <laughs> I'm still looking through it right now. It's a hard measure after the chapter nine was such a freaking disaster. Chapter ten was fine, and chapter eleven is just seventeen straight pages of Ben. It's an doing, oddity doing a thing, real weird. Yeah, a whole chapter. It it was, but it was a whole. It was an important chapter for Ben. It definitely was, which I think is you know drawn more attention to by the fact that he didn't break up this part of the narrative yeah and maybe that's why he broke up the other stuff so finely and chopped the onions too thin because he was trying to make it more impactful when you hit this chapter and you read a whole chunk of a one dude doing a thing yeah maybe because it's like this is this is ben's special mission anyway i don't know i think I like it better, 17 pages in a row. I liked that. That was definitely. It's nice. That's a nice treat in there. Yeah. Chapter 12. Chapter 11. It's a good one. No. Chapter 12. Bothawi. Yeah. I was talking about the last chapter. GA frigate Shamunar. Klauskin tricks the captain into giving him command of the ship. Says there are traitors on the ship. Uh-oh. This guy made a mess last time he was in charge of something. <laughs> yes, he did. Man, Lumaya is good. She's all over. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Cut to. I don't know why I did a double swipe. That one swiped and swiped back. Yeah. To Drua, where Ben is scoping out an ideal ship at the spaceport. Two pages. Two pages back to Ben. Yep. Which, okay, sure. You know, that, that Klauskin part is important. Yes. That's a narrative pushing moment. He's taking over a ship that's in charge of watching the Bothan fleet. Yeah. Kind of a big deal. So I'll take that one. Talking for five paragraphs about flag deck hanger. I'm just like, no, don't do that. Don't but, do that. I know you love your ships, Aaron, but don't do that. Don't do that. But Klauskin coming back in. That's a good one. That's a good move. But that's not where we are. No. Focus, no. Tim. We sorry, are back. At, we are on Drua at the spaceport. Where Ben is looking for a ship. He forges an email from the owner of this ideal ship that he finds. He says, get the ship ready. I'm coming soon. Pretty clever solution, I think. They're at a spaceport here where it's like it's like a storage. Yeah. Right? You, you park your ship. He's gone. He's been gone off world for a while. Now, Ben's like, I sent an email. Get my ship ready because I'm coming. I'm coming. I want to take it out for a spin. It's a pretty clever solution, I think. You guys got his own personal Y-wing. But... Yeah. The, it's a... It's a good move. It's a yeah. clever solution. So a lady mechanic comes along to do just that. And he bam, boom, pows her in the chest and face and breaks her jaw. Not a clever solution. No. Hey, hey guy. Don't you have mind tricks? Hey, guy, don't you have the force? Couldn't you just like, I understand you're 13. You're not really powered up and you haven't been training. Yep. Like most people have all their lives. But you can't even just try to be like, no, actually, I'll 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 be taking it out for a test run. And then she's like, no, actually, you're gonna take it out for a test run. You know, like you can't, you didn't even try to mind trick her. No, he just, just freaking whacked her in the mouth and broke her jaw, dude. He feels bad about it. He does, and you know, he justifies it to himself. He says Jason would have forgiven me even if I killed you, and I didn't. So that's good, right? Yeah. I could have got away with murdering you. Jesus, kid. All right. Ship More on. justifications. 
Ship on. Droid in. Been good. Cut to Errant Venture in the Karelian Exclusion Zone now. Hey, look, they made it in. How about that? It worked at light speed. And our super team-up team of team-ups is comparing info after one week in the zone. Now, I want to explain my funny joke. Super team-up team of team-ups. Here's why. Because Han and Leia already teamed up with Lando. And then Wedge teamed up with Corrin and their families. And then those two team-ups teamed up together to team up with the dude on the errant venture. This is the teamiest team-ups of all the teams you ever upped in your teams. Okay? It's a little much. The, I think you added too many ups in there. Don't up me up you. Up you. <laughs> hey, we're friends. Look out. But they've been in Careful. the zone for one week, so we got a timestamp there. Yes. They're exchanging info. And it seems that the war was inevitable, but evidence points to outside manipulation. So they come to the conclusion the war is not the puppet master's true goal, which we know is correct. Yeah. Lumaya doesn't care if the galaxy is at war. and That's not the point. The point is Jason. Jason is the goal. Turn him to the dark side. Make him fulfill his Sith destiny. Don't forget, it's a destiny written in beads. It's unbreakable. Yeah. <laughs> he will be a Sith. It's his destiny. Like, that's the thing about it is it's not portrayed to you in the book. Like, Jason's never like, yeah, maybe. As soon as she tells him it's his destiny, he's like, oh, fuck, here we go, huh? All right, then. <laughs> Cut Nalani dead. Fine. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's fucking what we're doing now. That's what somebody <laughs> told me. Just like my mom and dad. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. I'll kill the president. Whatever you want me to do. Didn't yeah. mean to draw that parallel, but now I don't like it. <laughs> you ever just say something that you think is a joke and then it turns out true and you really hate it? So, yeah. the true goal is Jason, which we know. They cover all the highlights of the books, too. Which They, they, they talk about Centerpoint. They talk about the Secret Fleet. They talk about Klauskin, Relideer. They talk about Toria Station, on and on. And it's a good greatest hits. Yeah, and I like the little bit of revelation they have here. Well... Miri notices something while they're all having a conversation. She says, The Solo Skywalker extended family. One minute you were all together and then boom, you were scattered across the galaxy. Some of you at odds. It was like a secret grenade. And then yeah. later on she notices another thing. Or at least makes another comment that I thought was great. She says, So maybe we assume that breaking your family into pieces that don't fit together anymore was one of the puppet master's major goals because in the long run, if recent galactic history isn't any evidence that will make a big, big difference because together the solo skywalkers are unstoppable, which is what we've been saying the whole time <laughs> yep. is it started right away with Han jumping on Corellia's side and Luke staying staunchly with the GA. Yeah. Boom, rift, bang, right away. All you had to do was get Corellia in trouble. <laughs> and then you split up the Skywalkers and Solos right there. And then you start breaking them up more and more as you move along so that the pieces are harder and harder to put back together. But Miri, Wedge's daughter, is a friggin' genius, bro. She must be reading these books. Yeah. Because she can see what the hell's going she on. She read ahead for sure. No <laughs> She's spoilers, bro. 
We have been saying this all along. Look how broken the galaxy is. Saving the family is important. Yeah. And in light of this new evidence, Leia has a new clear objective. Reunite the Skywalker Solo family. How do you like that? They have their own plan. And it's an important good one. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's not even it's not even all that complicated. It's either, it's let's get together, let's talk. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, we can only send messages through space across the galaxy. Yeah. Whoa. What a revelation! Uh, but this is honestly coming at the perfect time for me right now in this in this book because I'm so sick of just the, it seems like the contrived. To just not speak to each other. Yeah. Not to solve. You're not going to try to talk to each other to solve problems. I'm tired of wasted the solos, man. They're, they've been wasted all these books just chasing the wrong things. And of course, Aaron Alston leaves us on a happy note. He loves to end his chapters with happy notes. So that's where we'll leave it for this week. Psych! Oh. Happiness for Leia's resolve be gone! Because Captain Pisspants has brought a lemurar I love that. to the errant venture. Dun, dun, dun! And that leaves us with a few questions for next week. Will a lemma find some solos to make suffer? Will Ben find Fascus of Zyost on Zyost? Will anyone find Ben? <laughs> Will we ever see Jason again? <laughs> I don't know. Find out next week when we cover chapters 13 through 16 of Legacy of the Force, book four, Exile. For now, I'm Justin. I'm Tim. See you around, you criffin' rotters. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at jplazer. Check us out.